everybody and welcome. Welcome to the Words of Women and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally. If we haven't met before, I'm your host, Yvonne E.L. Silver, based in Calgary, Alberta, the base of the Rocky Mountains. It's beautiful here. And originally from London, England, as you can tell from my accent. I'm the host for the show, the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show, and also the corresponding best-selling book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. So my work is all around supporting women, women entrepreneurs in particular, to flourish by using more confident language, more confident conversations to ask for what they want and get it, not by being forceful, but by being assertive, by demonstrating their value and looking at the way that synchronicities show up and leveraging them. And I'm delighted today to be joined by my guest, Naomi, Naomi Carmona Morshead. Am I pronouncing your name right, Naomi? You are. It's a Cuban last name and an English last name. (laughs) <laughs> it's a it's a wicked combination. Um, I had met um, I met uh, Naomi first of all when we were both at the Evolutionary Business Council retreat. I think it might have been the San Diego one, and I was captured by her energy, her vivaciousness, her essence. And I'm so glad that we reconnected again recently. And I'm listening to her talking, and there is a magnificent story to share, as you know. My shows are all about women who've typically risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world making a difference, either in their community, in their country, or in Naomi's case, globally. And when you hear this story, I think it'll touch your heart just as it did mine. So today, I'm delighted Naomi could join me. Remind me again, Naomi, where are you dialing in from? Well, I live in Southern California, north of Los Angeles. We have our very own valley, the Santa Clarita Valley, and we love people to just drive on through. Okay, Santa Clarita Valley. I'm going to have to look that up afterwards. So by way of an introduction, Naomi is a very special lady. She is a international speaker, as, as am I. Um, however, she's done a lot of things in her life that I have not even touched and not sure I will. <laughs> she is an adventure mountain climber. And she started this when she was... Um, I think 61. We're going to hear the full story in a minute. So she converted from a non-athlete to a mountain climber, climbing eight mountains in eight months, summiting Kilimanjaro in Africa. And when you jumped up that um, at that summit, 19,000. 341 feet for those who haven't looked it up, she jumped I am limitless. And I can just see you in your full energy doing that. So today she's a strong, courageous woman. She's challenging every woman to climb their own mountain. And she's the founder for the Brave Heart Lifestyle. So I want to dive in and hear more about it. I understand that there was a period of time where you didn't speak on stage for about 10 years. Um, so I want to hear the rest of the juicy details for you being a mum of three, eight grandchildren, best-selling author, want to hear about the books, speaker, and adventure mountain climber. Welcome. Tell me what happened in your youth to bring all these sparkling adventures to life. What happened? 
There's so many stories, but the bottom line is creating a heart legacy in business. So it's based mm -hmm. on health as the foundation. Okay. And we know your health is your wealth because when you can't move or you can't think or you can't go somewhere, it changes everything. Yeah. So then when you have that heart legacy already in yourself, then you can impart wisdom, empathy, compassion, empowerment to everyone. But in particular, we're talking about women and how we have that multi-level asset of, of living. We're mm -hmm. always doing multiple things. Yeah. And it's not easy to have that focus, but the foundation is it. So mm -hmm. we understand the importance of our lives. So I'm going to provide a superhero health quiz to assist you in assessing your own current status. Very simple 10 questions, because whether you're a woman, a professional, or a career-oriented career individual, a daughter, a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, this quiz is going to help you get insight into your overall health and decide if there's some small changes and small shifts you want to make. Excellent. Well, I love it. I love it when my guests bring gifts. So thank you for bringing that. And I would love to hear more of your story. I mean, we have, uh, you know, an hour together um, for our time today. And then also we'll be coming back to the, the health quiz a little bit later on. I know that you're an um, an international best-selling author. So you've got a number of, of books and you are very passionate about saving children with heart procedures so tell me how did this come about what was what was impacting you growing up that led you down this path so the growing up part it started when i was three years old they discovered that i had a heart problem now i have the same heart problem that arnold schwarzenegger has okay. so he was born with a congenital heart defect, but they didn't discover it until he was 30 years old. Oh, so wow. what's the difference for that? He was born in Austria. And in Austria, there's uh, it was after World War II. He was born in 47. And he's seven years older than me. So he didn't have the resources. Neither did we have here either. But what happened is doctors who worked in World War II were so bored coming back to normal living, they started doing experimentation and they learned how to work on hearts. And so that post-war culture in the U.S. was more inventive, whereas in Austria, they kind of lost the war. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of negativity that happened there and a lot of things and resources that weren't available. Mm -hmm. So in my case, they discovered, they said, Naomi, um, to my parents, of course, um, you need to wait as long as you can. We need time to work on these details. We want to get you to close as 13 as we can, because at 13, if we haven't corrected it, we probably will lose you. And so that was my goal was to get to 13. And wow. so these specific doctors that did it, Dr. Lily Hay and Dr. John Lewis did the first hole in the heart repair in 1952. And I wasn't even born yet. So then they developed the heart lung machine, which allows the heart to be separate from the body. Mm -hmm. And I was four when they developed that. Arnold was 11. And when it was time for me, I started fainting and they, um, they pioneered this idea, but they didn't have the heart lung machine in my hospital. So it took three months for them to get it there and, you know, know what they were doing and all that. So they did a seven hour surgery on me and I was given a 50, 50 chance of survival, even at that time. So when you're in the pioneering days of anything, 
then you have to take chances and you have to take risk and you have to have the resources and belief and all those kinds of things. And the night before my surgery, I heard a man say, don't anybody mention death. She might not make it. And we haven't told her, but I overheard it. That was a huge turning point for me. And I basically emotionally divorced my parents because they were the ones who said it. And I just go, God, I'm lying in my bed. You and me, if I wake up tomorrow, okay. So I really, really pushed myself into that relationship with the Almighty. And that's what's kept me going all these years. Now, in contrast, Arnold didn't have the resources, but he did all the bodybuilding. Um, at 19, he had like 13 international titles. And then at 30, when they looked at his heart, the aortic valve that I had that had two instead of three cusps, his was destroyed. So he had to have a major surgery to replace the aortic and the pulmonary. And that happened at age 30. Now I've never had another surgery. I'm 69. I've had uh, interventions. I've had a fibrillation, but I haven't had to go back under the knife. But at 70, he had to, again, replace both valves. So when you, when you damage a heart like that, it's uh, if you don't have the resources, you don't make it. So really a principle is not only health is your wealth, but have the resources and own them, know what they are, make a list, make, know what's available to you. Notice when you need a training, a class, a doctor, a connection, a team member, a transportation. I mean, moms, we, if you are a mom, you are always juggling multiple aspects of life. Right. And if you're not a mom, you're still a woman. And that's what we do, right? We are expected to keep track of our resources. Today, I'm strong, I'm courageous. Arnold, well, um, actually last week in the paper and in multiple major news outlets, he had talked about the mistake the doctors made at his 70th. I think he might've been 69. At that heart surgery, they had to go in and open his chest again. And he said, this is what he said, you have to shift gears, correct yourself. Okay, what can I do next? I know, I'm in the hospital, get up and walk. <laughs> and so he did. He said, I had to be in shape. I had to move around. I had to lift things. I'm shooting Terminator 6. Yeah. Well, I, I watched, um, I think it was a two or three part documentary recently that uh, he had created. <clears throat> and I watched that. And I mean, my mouth was hanging open half the time, um, just in awe of the commitment, the dedication, the strength. And when you when you bring a healthy heart with you, it can make such a difference. And yet I think this show will put the spotlight on what we take for granted. I mean, I do gratitudes every morning. You probably do as well. And, you know, just to be able to wake up and to be able to take a deep breath of fresh air and feel your heart beating in your chest and ready to go for the day. That's gratitude, isn't it? Huge. It is. And it, it, you become inspired because my heart is my best resource. If I, I mean, yours is too, but I, I, I'm like major about the heart. Uh, those, those daily shifts in life that he had to make, that I have to make, that you have to make. When we do them consistently, we get massive results. So yep. everything is possible if you know what your resources are and you know where to get the ones that are missing. Yeah. Well, even in Canada, um, I, I can't recall if we, sh if we talked about this when we had our. Uh, a pre-show conversation but I have a special needs son he's now 28 and he had four surgeries before he was five 
and that was um you know to do with his um brain condition he just wasn't born with all of his faculties and you know narrow channels in his in his brain uh, prevented fluid from flowing properly and there was a number of different things but it um it was so interesting to watch what was available in the way of resources and how much you really had to dig to try to sort through what's available how to access it and then when he turned 12 i remember all of a sudden the daycare that he was in because um i was working his dad was working um we were separated by this time and i'd remarried um but they they couldn't take the they couldn't take a child more than 12 because normally in canada at 12 you're you know you give the door key and you're off by your own um you don't need after after school care oh. and it was like no you can't just put him out on the street like he needs someone with him 24 7 he has a seizure condition um and so you know things became um a little bit more complicated to try to sort out how is that all going to work and um you know am i going to be able to continue doing the 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 work that I love as well so that I'm refueling myself because as we as we all know and I've been finding out recently too that in trying to give from a place of emptiness doesn't work um it's always got to be giving from your overflow your overflow energy so absolutely I think that um I could have easily disappeared I could have easily disappeared uh I didn't disappear but I will tell you that I did lose my voice as a woman. I, I did lose my voice or at thirteen, or or earlier, later on. No, it was later on. Um, so uh, I'll tell you the story because uh, when we have empowering stories, we can awaken other like issues in other people's lives and help them understand. So I was on a stage, off to my right was a line of fifty people. We're all going to introduce ourselves. I stand up, I'm like number three, and I'm all excited. Hi, my name is Naomi, and I'm from Southern California. And I froze. Now, it was a small stage. It wasn't like a like I do now. Um, but it doesn't matter the size of the stage. I froze. And mm-hmm. a voice from the back of the room, a man's voice said, who took your voice? And I didn't answer. And everyone on the line is getting nervous because that's a good question, right? And then he said, well, often people lose their voice when they've had childhood trauma. I didn't answer. And then I started crying. And finally, I said, that's not my story. 30 years ago, I was strangled. And I froze again. And he said, would you like to get your voice back? I go, yes. But I wasn't like super enthusiastic like I am today. I was like, yes. He said, okay, I'm going to give you an exercise. And when you do this exercise 10 times perfectly, you can get off my stage. I go, okay. He gave me the exercise. It took me 16 times because they all voted on the quality of my results 16 times to get off that stage and once I did I started studying with him for nine years and I was able to figure out who I was and what I wanted to become and he became a superhero to me so the question is if you're missing something is it your self-esteem 
is that what you say in your book, a word triggered an uncomfortable memory. I love your book, by the way. I'm, <laughs> oh, thank you. I really, <laughs> I have it right here. I was reading it to my husband. I'm talking about you. Um, so maybe a disease takes your energy as seniors, right? So I'm 69. They don't have a disease. I have a heart defect that's repaired. But is it time for you to lead and succeed? And what about your female leadership? Can't you rewrite that if that happened? And then my question is really, what if your voice is not heard? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you and I as speakers, I mean, this is our jam, right? We're here um, looking at what we've gone through in the past, um, looking at what we can bring forward, looking at resilience and strength. And for me, my passion is words. Um, I mean, it, it's, it stems from growing up in London, England with a, a mom that was a professional businesswoman when she met my dad later in life. So I think she was in her early 30s. Um, and then he had come back from the war with, you know, Bullet and Dunkirk, PTSD, and he just showed up as a very angry man. And that's, you know, he took that out on on me in particular because I was the adventurous and wild one in the family. My sister was Yay. a lot quieter, right? And so I got beaten a lot because <laughs> I was always doing things wrong. I got criticized a lot and judged a lot. And my mom literally had the dignity drained right out of her. So when I dedicated that book to her, it was because she had lost her voice literally lost her dignity, lost her voice through his criticism and not feeling that she had any power. I mean, she was a stay-at-home mom now. She didn't have her own income, taught him to drive the car. He took the car keys, wouldn't let her drive the car. So she literally was powerless. Yeah, yeah that's extreme pain. That That's also extreme rejection. Mm-hmm. And I was strangled by a boyfriend when I was 24. And then I married and my Cuban husband died when I was 45. And I didn't speak after he died. I did not go on stage until that one incident. And so my question is to all of us, what can we do? What could we encourage, even if it's not a big voice on a stage? What are the, what's a superhero story that you have done and lived? And what can you do in the future? I'm only 69. I'm planning to live to 100. I got a lot of time. You do. Absolutely. And you have a lot of stamina, a lot of uh, vitality and energy, and obviously following your own quiz um, and focusing on those things. You have a lot to share when it comes to healthy living. Um, Also, I'm curious about the insights. You know, when you're standing on the top of Kilimanjaro, right, the air is a lot thinner, obviously, up there. So... I think you mentioned, you know, you get some of your best ideas up there. Is there something in particular you wanted to share around that? I did. Um, In particular, the reason that we climb Mount Kilimanjaro is my husband had a dream and he wanted to climb higher and higher and higher. And he had a goal in business as a man that he wanted to conquer. And And he heard a preacher say, go claim. The preacher said, go claim your mountain. He thought he said, go climb your mountain. So he was doing all this. And he made a declaration for Mount Kilimanjaro when we were on Pikes Peak in Colorado, which is a 14,100 foot mountain. And it's quite difficult. It's mm-hmm. actually more difficult in some ways than Mount Kilimanjaro because how much you do in one day versus an eight day trip. So he goes and he goes, and I said, I want to go. He goes, you can't go. You're a heart patient. And I go, I know. He goes, if you get permission from your cardiologist, I'll take you. Take me six months. (laughs) 
I got permission and then it was eight mountains in eight months. And that was a whole amazing journey. But the point is um, that I had a dream and my dream was to climb the mountain. In particular, I had to set a goal higher than myself. So that goal that I set was to climb the mountain and to save 100 little hearts. So I put my name on everything. I think I brought my hat. I did. I put um, mending 100 hearts on hats, on my shirt, on my fingernails. <laughs> I put it everywhere so that I could do that. And then one day uh, on day five, actually, we were at 13,000 feet. And at 13,000 feet, um, we've been climbing all day. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to go to the bathroom. Well, it's freezing. And so you got to put your headlamp on, right? Oh, yeah. your heavy jacket, your heavy uh, boots. You got to crawl out of the tent. It's got two layers. And then when I got outside and stood up, it was pitch black. My light was nothing. And so I'm sitting there going, how am I going to find the bathroom? And I start looking. And as I look up in every direction, there's trillions of stars. Yeah. And now I'm not very often in that place where their light lights are so low you can really see. There's yeah. few places. And I'm looking, and then right straight ahead of me, I count the seven stars of the Big Dipper. And I go, oh, like, I don't know anything else in the sky except the Big Dipper. So God must have just stuck it right there. I don't know if it belonged there that day, but that's what I saw. And then I lost my breath. Because I was climbing to the stars to save the little hearts. Mm -hmm. and there I was. Mm -hmm. Not at the summit. I got so excited, even if I wasn't able to continue what you said, the breathing part at 13,000 is puts a lot of people out. Mm -hmm. Even if I couldn't go the other up to the 19,000, I was, I, I met my goal. And mm -hmm. so the realization question is, what if your goal is you set your goal here, but you already get there. What else can you do? How can you celebrate yourself? How can you say, oh my goodness, and then go bigger. And Absolutely. think more and be really encouraged by the fact that you got exactly where you got. Absolutely. So look at what you did for your son. You helped yeah. him do all of those things. And then you needed to go a little bit higher and a little bit higher. It doesn't mean about higher literal. It means about broadening your mind, thinking differently, stepping on top of the box instead of looking up from inside mm. or stepping outside the box and going, knock, knock, I need your help. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing experience to be what you said at the top. You you think differently. You're, there's nothing. There's no technology. Nothing's interfering. You're just walking in nature, and there's there's a empowerment there. I love. I absolutely love it. And I don't know when I'm going to get to twenty thousand. I'm hoping before my seventieth birthday. But it's not about the hype anymore. It's about reaching what I said I was going to do. Right. So you surpassed the hundred. So you raised enough money through um, your climbing and sponsorships, donations. That was the avenue that helped those hundred little hearts, right? Yes. And I didn't save them on that mountain, actually. Uh, just quickly on that mountain, I finished and I was talking at the last day, day eight, before we gave the tips to the guides and all that kind of stuff. We had 45 porters to take eight of us up that mountain, plus six guides. And I was telling them about the heart surgeries we do all over the world. And we had a team in Tanzania right then doing heart surgeries. I said, if you know anyone that needs heart surgery, and I see this orange thing run around and stop over here. 
And the guy follows me to my tent and he says, my son was diagnosed with tuberculosis, but he has a heart defect. Can you help him? So wow. I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro to save Isai's life. Wow. And then we did a lot more, but that particular one was outstanding. Oh, uh, talk about synchronicity, right? The power of synchronicity. Um, listening to you talking about, you know, mothers and resources and children and possibility. Um, I don't think you uh, knew also that later in life, I think my son was I'm just thinking here uh, around a about around 20 um, age 20. So he came running into me one day, mom, mom, I need a credit card. I'm like, okay. Sign of financial independence. This is good. Um, tell me more. Um, he said, I want to buy a kid a smile. I'm like what? So he pulls me into the living room and he's watching a operation smile telethon. He says, I want to buy a kid a smile. They had said, you know, it costs $250 for a smile surgery to be done on these kids in, in uh, poor countries. Um, to correct their uh, cleft palate lips so they're not disfigured anymore. I want to buy a kid a smile. And he knew that he didn't have $250 in his bank account right then, so he needed the credit card. Well, in, in Canada, it's a little bit more challenging to uh, identify. You know, you don't have a job. You're a special needs child. You're on a, you know, government funding. Like, how's that going to work, right? So I think his application three times just disappeared into the ethers. They didn't know what to do with it. So finally, he gets fed up. Mom, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to sell my paintings and I'm going to create money that way. And that's what he did. So we took uh, 12 of his artwork paintings and I put together a book for him. So his book was actually out before mine because it was more of a catalog of his catalog of his artwork. And then we um, together, we sold enough paintings to pay so far for five surgeries um, and then he went on a bit of a medical hiatus. So he, it was a concentrated period of time, but I got him on global TV. He was on a first round Dragon's Den pitch and his paintings are all over the world. Some of oh the originals goodness. and some of them are prints. And um, yeah, they're beautiful. So when we listen to what our kids are saying, when we look at the possibilities, when we don't look at things as limitations or barriers, as you said, right? Standing on Kilimanjaro, I am limitless. It's amazing what we can do, not just to uh, save our own souls and put some energy and infuse that that heart muscle love in a love, but to, to make a difference for other people in the world, because I believe that's what our hearts are for. It's not only to keep ourselves beating, but what can we infuse into the world using our, our heart muscle? I, I, I speak about that in, in some of my talks as well. I do, and I think that the focus that you have on the heart and where do you talk about heart legacy in business, that's so critical. And I'm excited for your son and for his legacy that he's created because who knew? And there you were, you were the resource. He'd already done the training, he did the painting, and now it's out there. So he yep. had a dream to help someone else. And that created even a bigger incentive inside of him to share what he already had. Yeah. And I think um, focusing on the dream, focusing uh, is, is, so I teach resources, training, and focus. Those, and I tell stories along that line. And the area about focus uh, is what you asked me. It started out with 100 hearts. Mm-hmm. And then um, my mom passed away. And she passed away suddenly. And it was, and now it's six years ago, but at the time I was 
climbing, going to climb in Ecuador, and I was going to climb for the first time the tallest mountain in the world measured from the center of the earth. So you have the surface of the earth, we know Mount Everest, you have the center of the earth. So because of the equator, Chimborazo is a little bit sticking out. It's actually higher from the measure from here to there than Everest. So Chimborazo is in Ecuador. It's the highest mountain in Ecuador as well. And I know I'm never going to climb Mount Everest, but I said, okay, I'm going to go climb Mount uh, at Chimborazo is the name of it. Chimbo, we call it. And I brought hot water and tea, and I'm going to go climb to the top and have tea with my mom because it's closest to heaven I'm ever going to be. That's okay. what I'm thinking. Uh, we couldn't go. We got there, and there was avalanche danger at 18,500, and this is a 20,000-foot mountain. And I don't know if it will show up there. I have it right here. I have the picture of how bad it was. I don't know. Can you see that? It looks pretty fog foggy. <laughs> uh, so the sun was coming through the clouded, uh, it was a big snowstorm the night before. The people who had gone out, got um, for six hours, they were out, they got one mile. Wow. Finished. So I'm out there and I go, okay, what can I do? What can I do? I want to talk to my mom and I'm not going to see her and all that. And I lay down in the snow and we make snow angels, right? I'm making the snow angel, looking up there and her face, just the outline of her face with the, you know, her hair showed up and I'm like, uh, uh, and I start crying and then hundreds of other faces come there green eyes blue eyes white hair red hair every color you can about 300 women's faces show up and I'm looking at them and they're acting like a choir saying something wow and I'm just like okay and I sit up now I have icicles on my face I'm so startled and so shocked that I saw my mom and I'm so happy but I didn't figure out for three days what she said what they were saying was play bigger mm. play bigger so then i had to reevaluate my mission what am i doing what's my purpose what if i would get stopped like by an avalanche uh, who would it, who would listen to me would my tears or your tears become icicles and then you get frozen and you can't move forward or is there a message coming through and it just takes a little while to get the message so can anyone take your focus off your dreams i'd ask that to your son i don't think so he decided, he went for it, and boom. And I think we have that opportunity. And when, when I decided, I added a zero. Instead of 100, I decided to say 1,000 hearts. Now, I'm on that mission, and I went to do a photo shoot, and they asked me, why are you limiting yourself? I said, What? I go, I, I need to do this by the time I'm 80 because I have other things at 80. I want to get my doctorate. And, and they're like, why are you limiting yourself, Naomi? You should be mending kids forever. Oh, beautiful. So there's no limit. Yes, limitless. Limitless. Yeah, I, on Mount Kilimanjaro. So I wanted to go back to that just to mention my goal. I practiced my home trampoline before I left. And I just saw, I didn't know I was going to be climbing 43 mountains in all this time that I've been doing it since then. Over 200 hikes on three continents. I mean, it's pretty, pretty crazy. But I practiced jumping. And when I got to the top, I stood up on a rock and a guide holds his hand out to me. and said, get away. I'm jumping. He goes, no. I go, no. And I only have proof of the down and the up 
because the camera froze. It was May, minus 12, right? The camera froze, the video froze. I just have two pictures and then my husband and, and the guy to know that I actually jumped. But I literally did it. And I believed that I had done the most. I mean, you don't know anyone else in the world who does that. And especially at 19,341 feet. So when I meet Boy Scouts, right? When I'm speaking to the younger audiences, I just go, you guys want to shake hands with someone who's jumped higher than a mountain? And I just go around and take their <laughs> some is, kind of goal, right? Well, absolutely. And you know what I love about you, Naomi, is that you are so open in every way, open with sharing your generosity, with sharing your gifts, your encouragement. And just, uh, you know, as a woman, the fact that you choose to wear a V-neck so much of the time with your big heart scar showing. Um, a lot of women wouldn't wouldn't have the um, same pride in showing that. They would be covering it up. And I love that you bring your full self to the table. That's part of your big story, right? Well, I'm really grateful that I have had uh, my amazing Cuban husband, and now I'm married to a British man. Um, he was brought up British, even though he was born in the United States. And uh, he doesn't notice. And so I got excited about being who I really am. And I don't think that, I think you're right. People do judge how you look and what you think and how you show up. And I'm, I'm more childlike. I lost my childhood. I didn't even run my first mile until I was 15 years old. I was in and out of doctor's offices and all kinds of things happened. But when I was 15, I was released by the doctor to do anything that I wanted to do except for play football and gymnastics. Okay. But I broke that rule at 58. <laughs> the same guy that helped me get my voice back, he had a course where you had to do six exercises. And one of them was a stand, handstand. And I'd never done one. I had attempted in yoga to kind of do one, but I was, you know, it was the banner. Mm -hmm. Don't, 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 don't. And that day I saw women younger than me, larger, doing it. And I go, well, I'm smaller. Maybe I can do it. And I'll just, I'll just do it the first time. You have to do it six times and each time you're supposed to improve, right? So in that particular case, they're doing measurements of time. My first time up, I held it for 33 seconds. That's a long time, but I didn't know. I just did what I did. Came down and every time I got a little bit better and my final time on the, on the day, not day six, but the sixth exercise, um, one minute, and 31 seconds and I dropped because everybody was around cheering and screaming and yelling and encouraging me and it scared me <laughs> I thought I, I must be I don't know why I, and it came down and it turned out I was 58 at the time I was the oldest woman to hold for the longest time so I kind of got that award and the only person who beat me was a 30 year old marine and boy did that poop turn the light on inside of me. If I can do a handstand, I can do anything. Uh -huh. Well, it's like it's reminding me of the story, you know, with the grandma in the car, lifting the car off her son, right? You know, she has this superhuman strength because she's motivated from the heart to, to save his life. Um, so in your case, you know, grandma trained to jump higher, right? I, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> And you did it, right? You did it. I did yeah. it. And at that time, I only had five grandkids. So Excellent. in a few years back, 
it's yeah. you, you just don't know which challenge it's going to be uh, the the one that teaches you more where does your belief system rise who else do you bring alongside you how does it change mm-hmm. so when did you start to become um or choose to become a speaker how far along the journey was that my late husband um, we did christian jewish relations so we spoke around the world um, he was, I would be with the introduction. I would do the singing. I would talk about how moms can help in the community. I would talk about um, what we're going to do on the next day. And then he'd be the main speaker. Okay. Uh, then after he died, I didn't think I had a reason to speak. And I think, I don't know, I lost everything. I, I mean, I still have my three daughters. I don't mean I lost literally everything, but it was a tough go. And even though I married, um, my new husband, but now we're together 20 years. <laughs> my new husband, um, didn't, was not a speaker. He's a, he's a, vet, a veterinary surgeon, surgeon. And, uh, I'm the more person that gets out and talks, but if I invite him on stage, he will tell a story. <laughs> but, uh, I think that, that getting my voice back was the biggest change for who I am. What you said, how do I present myself? How do I live? How do I believe? What, what can I do? that actually changes what other people think about me and how can I go into a situation and believe that I'm going to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the, the current initiative about mending hearts, let's talk a little bit about that. And then I want to hear more about the quiz. Okay. So um, mendingkids.org is a nonprofit organization in Southern California. And it's like an umbrella. And let's say that you and I are doctors and we specialize in brain surgery and we want to go together on a, on a mission. They will find a place for us to go. And they're the coordinators that make all the things happen, make sure the monies are there, make sure the kids have been pre-authorized and all the, th- the kind of things you need to do. That's what they do. They do brains, they do parts, they do second holes down there. They do ENT, they do burns in 64 countries. So in six. So in 64 countries, uh, children have been affected by mendingkids.org. Their most expensive surgery is heart surgery. And I know in the United States that Arnold Schwarzenegger would have spent at least $100,000 per mm-hmm. surgery. Uh, Billy Kimmel, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's son, was born and immediately needed surgery. He called a mending kids doctor who couldn't do what he needed, got another one, $100,000. Wow. Those same surgeons will travel with us on a mission and they will do uh, 30 surgeries in five days, and we only charge $1,000. Beautiful. So it's so huge that if you had nine friends that have $100 each, and you add your 100 boom, we have saved a child's life. And I'm hoping that entrepreneurs and small businesses start to create a heart legacy where they actually do pay it forward and save a life once a year. We could do, you know thousands of children so right now my particular focus is in Nicaragua mendingkidsforever.com is only about hearts but all the money goes to mending kids because there's the one that coordinate the surgeries so I'm a non-medical volunteer and I can tell you for sure that going on a mission will change your life seeing a child not able to walk even to the next chair kind of and then three days later running it is the most pleasure that I have. Now, open heart surgeries are 3,000, but when you put them all together, 
and you take all the costs, they're already in place. They're doing boom, 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 boom. Uh, the most we've ever done is 37 surgeries in five days. That's 37 lives. Wow. And how do we know if it wouldn't be the next president, the next poet, the next inventor, the next technician that changes the world? Saving lives is what I do with Mending Kids Forever. Uh, so mendinghearts.org, is there a donation page? Um, Mendingkids.org, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you um, if you just go straight to their website, mendingkids.org, um, it has a donation page. And if you put hearts, it will go to me, not to me personally, but it'll go to the hearts. And uh, saying that you know what Mending Hearts is the, you know, in the little reference part, just say Mending Hearts. And that's so powerful because I have a woman who walked up to me in Texas last week, uh, actually now two weeks ago. She said, Naomi, I'm going to be helping mending kids next year. And I go, yeah, what are you doing? She goes, I'm going to do a one a quarter. I go, one a quarter. What does that look like? She goes, one child every quarter. Oh. I go, you are. <laughs> I mean, so many people don't get the vision. They just want to do the $100. And that's fantastic. $100 to pay the medication a child needs for a year after their surgery. Mm-hmm. But a thousand will literally save their life. And it's um, it's an honor to represent children because children are the future, aren't they? They are, absolutely. So if you're listening to this uh, interview with Naomi, <clears throat> excuse me, and have been touched at all anywhere along this story or series of stories, I encourage you to consider how can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? Um, MendingKids.org is one way to make a donation. However, if you have a group, you know, whether you're listening from a corporate perspective, maybe you have a hiking group of your own, I encourage you to get involved, like have a conversation with Naomi and talk about how you can get more involved with this um, initiative of leaving this legacy. You know, a heart is a legacy. And we all have our own capacity to expand our hearts. And let me tell you, you know, putting Alex's book together, it was so impactful and so meaningful for me because it was a tangible um, physical book that I could hold in my hands that was all of his creations. It will open your heart in new ways that you never imagined. And if you haven't been involved in any of those kinds of projects, I encourage you to step it up. Like make the call today, put your um, donation through. Um, how do they get in touch with you, Naomi? What's the best way to go, go to mendingkidsforever.com. Okay. And uh, there are superhero teams that tell you exactly how to raise money. There's ones for children. There's ones for adults. There's one for sponsorships because we carry your signs. Here's, a, here's an idea. We carry your sign to the top of a mountain. Very so cool. This one happens to be 10,000 feet. Uh, we can make it to 20,000 feet. Depends how many kids you sell. But I just say that make your heartbeat count. Whether yeah. you make donations or not, take time and remember that your heart's always beating. And that's for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're not somewhere else. And when I speak to seniors, I always laugh because, you know, most of them are over 80. And I laugh, well, I'm almost there. Just 10 more years. But the point is, today you're here. What's your story? How can you put that forward? How can you tell my story? Let my story be your story. It's okay. We save kids. Here's an example of uh, the 13 we just did in Nicaragua. Uh, from two months old to 16 years old. 
Can you imagine? I couldn't even see the veins of the two-month-old. I didn't walk into that operating room. But the 16-year-old, I loved seeing him come alive. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Such a blessing. That's so beautiful. So beautiful. So you um, yourself are deeply into making sure that you make it at least to 100 or maybe right. more. So t- tell me about this um, this health quiz, healthy quiz. Okay, so there's 10 questions. It's called mm-hmm. Naomi's Superhero Health Quiz. Okay. And I'll just give you one question. And you, it's not, it's a, a you evaluate yourself. Yeah. I sleep enough to feel rested and wake up refreshed. That's one of my biggest challenges. I stay up all night. So, so much to do. Bitly, <laughs> <laughs> there's a bitly code that we're going to put in the comments, right? Yes. Okay. And I don't have it memorized, so I don't know it. But um, okay. I, have it. I think it just says bit.ly forward slash superhero health quiz. Go straight there and get it. Take your quiz, do an assessment and decide to move forward with your life because your heartbeat counts. Yes. Bitly bit.ly slash superhero health quiz all together. So that's the bitly link. So yes, absolutely. So if you find that you are scoring um you know a 52 and 80 for example it gives the legend on the quiz of what that means and if you're thinking that this is yeah it's for informational purposes but if you're thinking that holy smokes um i just learned something about myself here and what i can do to not only sustain my own lifestyle in a better way but put it to good use Like, are you just going to work every day and that's it? Your only um, focus for that role is making money? Or maybe you could set up a special project, set up a committee, do some volunteering, get your organization involved. Like, which organization doesn't want to make a a difference in their community? I really believe that businesses not just about making money for people and providing a great living, but it is a vehicle for good. When I'm working with my female entrepreneurs, that's one of my first questions is, you know, do you have a social enterprise element to your business? And if you don't, let's figure out how we can weave that in because it makes makes such a difference. You know, for every one of my books that is sold, one goes to a women's shelter foundation or not-for-profit. And that warms my heart. That's one of my contributions, in addition to obviously to the, you know, 40 different words and word concepts in the book um, and the um, opportunity for action items. There's an action item section on each word. So once you've figured out, hmm, I'm going to stop saying just because it makes everything sound small. I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, what's the impact? What action can you take to really embed that into your life? So it's not just a new learning that goes, uh, you know, flavor of the week, that you really embrace it and stop doing that, just especially for women. So Naomi, I have loved listening to your story. And I know that there are probably, you know, four or five key nuggets, especially for women, because a lot of my listeners are women, that you want to share with the listeners that are really the the golden nuggets out of this conversation. What do you want people to be remembering to, to do or not do? Well, I want to go first to your words, because words are everything. And if you don't have Yvonne's book, I have been so excited to do it. Uh, she's a wordsmith, obviously. Um, so my first question is, who took your voice? If you don't have it, go find it. 
My second one is always climb towards the light. Maybe the stars, maybe the moon, climb going upward. I think that if you know your own resources, you are so much better off than wondering and becoming a victim. You become an owner, right? That's exciting. Mm. Train until you own it. So uh, I have another story I don't have time to tell right now, but then focus on that dream and don't give up. I think that when your heart beats the last time you will have left a legacy on earth that makes a difference. And I encourage you with empowerment to hope and believe and live as if you can do it. Hmm. Beautiful. So today, my guest, um, Naomi Kamona Mooreshead, uh, international speaker, adventure mountain climber. If you're listening to Naomi speaking and thinking, wow, I need Naomi to come and talk to my organization. Again, feel free to reach out, connect. Um, there is beauty in this gift. The, the reason that you're heart surgery was completed I'm sure is because you had an awful lot more that you were up to in the world and saving lives mending hearts all of that work would just have not been possible had you not thrived through your own surgery at 13 and so I am super grateful that the universe decided that you were a great idea and that you were going to continue on and that you were going to be given that zest for life and that fight and that ability to articulate the stories, communicate what's important, touch lives and make a difference. You're making a massive difference. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to see you. Mm-hmm. It's been beautiful. So again, if you're listening, you're part of a group, make that group count. Because the energy of collaboration, having those resources, as Naomi talked about, is massive. And if you're intrigued to learn a little bit more about my book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, um, the work that I do, um, you can go to my website, which is YvonneSilver.com. Book yourself in there for a a short call if you'd like some more information. If you're curious about what do I speak on topics all around women, word power, having more confident conversations, tips and tricks for women to ask for what they want and get it. And I'd love to have a conversation with you. So for today, Naomi, thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to keeping in touch and seeing what else we can get up to in the world that makes a difference for other people's lives and your resilience and your story and the fact that you're you're out doing so much in the community, I believe will be a massive inspiration for many of our listeners. And I bet they'll be passing the replay on too friends, colleagues, parents, mothers, etc. Thank you for Make joining. Make your heartbeat today. count. Yes. Make your heartbeat count. Love it. Yes. So have a beautiful day, everybody. And um, stay in tune for the next edition of the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. We always have interesting guests, lovely ladies who've risen from tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world making a huge difference as Naomi is. Thank you for joining me and have a great day. Bye for now, everybody.